You're listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast, your place for life-changing messages that will build your faith and propel your life. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? Oh, glory to God. God is good. Well, let's pray. Father, we just come before you right now, and we're just so thankful for the call. Thank you for loving us so much that you revealed to us your heart, your plan, what you desire to do in this earth. Father, I know that you've called every single one of us to live a life of victory, to live a life of purpose and destiny. And Father, I thank you that we all come to the knowledge of the truth and walk in the intimacy of our our relationship in you, that you have become our reality, that you are our reality. And Father, I ask that you help us tonight. Holy Spirit, have your way. Whatever you want to do, Father, you do it. Whatever you want to speak, we're listening. Oh, ha, 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 forever oh yeah yeah we're gonna do that we'll do that and and, and yeah we'll obey that we'll do that and we worship you for it father and we give you praise in Jesus name amen well you might you might say you might say what 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 were you telling them that you're gonna do well you know he just told me what I was gonna speak on I had an idea um, but you know every gift is different you know there's God brings the prophets, apostles, pastors, evangelists, and teachers to come to edify the body of Christ. And many of these gifts, they get to have outlines for their sermons, and they know it ahead of time what they're going to speak. And that's not me. (laughs) I have tried to do it that way and be glad that I've learned that that's not me. Because I've tried and I've crashed and burned trying to be a line-upon-line teacher. And I'm an inspirational speaker, and I stand in three of the offices that I know of uh, right now. And, um, but I'm inspirational. And so he doesn't tell me a lot of times till I come to the service, or I'm halfway into what we're doing, and then it's like, oh. Oh, okay, I'm glad you finally said, you know, and um, you might say, well, d- does he have a problem letting you know? No, you know what it does? It makes me walk by faith, and, um, and I'm fine with that. I mean, we just did a, a, a meeting last night with our church, and um, we've been so busy running around and stuff, and I was seeking the Lord, and I, even when the service started, I still didn't know what I was doing. Even while I opened the Bible and began to talk, I still did not know what we were going to do. And then I just told a story, and I was like, well, why did I tell that story? And then from that story, it went from here to there, and the Holy Ghost had his way. And um, because, you know what? I would rather speak what he wants to speak any day of the week. 
And you know what he told me to talk about? He said, I want you. And you know what? Some of you are stirred, if not all, but I know a group of you, my, my, keep praying on the inside right now. Some of you are really praying in the Holy Ghost right now. Wowza, you've learned. Have you taught them to do this? <laughs> wow. Because, see, I've been teaching on prayer. You know, I was the prayer coordinator at Rama for over 20-some-odd years. And then I taught in the school uh, to all the uh, ministers that were being trained. And I would teach them, when you're sitting in class, make sure you're praying in the Holy Ghost on the inside. Nobody around you has to hear you praying, but you keep yourself stirred. And then you say, Father, whatever that person has that's up there speaking, I'm getting it. And you know, I taught that all the time to the students. And I've never stepped into a church to the degree that I just stepped into that I recognized it so much. How many of you have been praying on the Holy Ghost right now just as you've been sitting here? Uh-huh. You taught it, huh? Wow. We're going to have fun. You know, um, because I believe it's so important that we understand these truths. Because, guys, I want to go deep. I want to go deeper in God than I've ever gone. I want to see, hear, know, operate with him. I don't want to live a mediocre life. I don't want to live like the world. They are messed up. All they think about is what you look like and how much money you have and what kind of job you've got. And, and, and they're thinking all about this life and how much sin they can get into, how many women they can have, and all this garbage and trash. And it's not going to set them free. They're not going to be living in victory. No, you get around anybody that's got everything in the world that, that, would, that the world offers, and you're going to find someone that's still searching. They're still looking. Why? Because they know that there's got to be something else out there. And his name is J-E-S-U-S. Thank God. Thank God. And he's our Lord. He's our Savior. He's our God. And the more I go deeper into him, the more I see, the more I hear, the more I know, and I grow. Oh, the Bible said, it's, you know, we're supposed to go from glory to glory to glory to glory. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. And so I asked Jer my husband, Jerry, I said, I said, hon, I can't remember what I even spoke on when I was here last year. Sometimes I'll jot it down. So you, you're probably going to hear some of the same things um, because a lot of times God will have me repeat some things to make sure we get it. You know, I've even uh, this evening, I heard the Spirit of God say, just talk about me. Just talk about me. Share who I am in you. Hmm. We're going to talk about him. And if you, this is what I would tell the students all the time. Sit on the edge of your seat spiritually. Now, it doesn't mean you have to physically move your body to the edge of your seat, but spiritually, you're on the edge. And if you're on the edge, you're going to be hungry, and you're going to be like, oh, 
I'm getting this, I'm getting this. Oh, because evidently I've got something you need. That's why we're here. And we're going to give you what we've got. Because God didn't give it to me just to have. It's for the body. Because he wants us all to operate in him and know him. So turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians. Go with me to 1 Corinthians. Glory, glory, glory. God is good. All the time he's good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to grab my glasses out of my purse there. I got them right at the top. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. You know... Brother Hagen used to teach on this often, and we're going to teach, preach it, no doubt, tonight here for just a little bit. Um, and there's going to be some stories told. When stories are told, um, when Brother Hagen used to tell stories, guys, I, grad I went to Rhema in 1984. I don't have a problem saying that. Some of you were not born. That's okay. I was. And, um, and uh, I remember sitting there as an 18-year-old listening to him. And he would tell stories of his faith adventures. He would tell stories of his prayer life. And I used to be really, really shy when I was young. And I sat there on that in my seat in class, and he would teach three times a week, and I would listen, I'd be in class. And he would tell, and I would sit on the edge, and on the inside, I'd be like, yep, I'm going to do that. Yep, I'm going to do that. Where did I get to even think like that? But it was like when he told a story, it made me so hungry that I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to operate like that. I'm going to have experiences in God like that. Some would say, well, don't you have to be a prophet in order to see the Lord or to see and know things? There is a true spirit of seeing and knowing that every believer can operate in. Which means in your prayer life, you can see some things, you can know some things. Doesn't mean that you stand in the full-fledged office of a prophet. But who cares what office you stand in? Or if you don't stand in any office, as long as you're living out of your relationship with God. God is not dead, he's alive, and he desires to manifest himself in your world. He should be more real to us than anything else in this life. But how do we cause him to become more real to us. Praying in the Holy Ghost is a supernatural act that God has given us. It's something that you don't have to get your intellect involved in. It's something that you just yield yourself to. Now, if I went around the room and I begin to ask, how long have you been filled with the Spirit? How, and and um, do you see things in the Spirit? Do you, um, do you feel like it's effective in your life? Some would say, no, maybe a little, not really. But sometimes when I'm in church and we're praying, or when I pray with those people sometimes, but... And then, then I'm going to say, it's not God's fault, it's yours. 
And the reason I say that it is your fault if your prayer life is not motivating you and causing you to know more and see more and to go deeper in God, it's no one's fault but your own. You've got yourself so wrapped up into this natural realm and you, maybe you're one, that beats yourself up saying, I can't ever hear anything from God. I don't ever, I can't ever sense anything. I'm just so unspiritual. And maybe you wouldn't say that to pastor, but you would say it to yourself. You guys are too holy for that, right? But uh, we ourselves will keep ourselves from going deeper into the depth of who he is. I believe the spirit of God is shouting sometimes, would you let me out? Would you let me be? He wants to reveal himself. But we have to work with him. Are you with me? You know, Brother Hagin uh, tells a story of when he saw Jesus many years ago. He had a visitation, and he saw Jesus. And uh, Jesus was standing in front of him, talking to him. And then all of a sudden, uh, this evil spirit came in between him and Jesus. And Jesus just kept talking and kept talking to him. And, and he's like, I couldn't, he, brother, he said, I couldn't understand anything he was saying because that demon was making noise and, and stuff. I couldn't, I couldn't hear. And, and he's like, he said, I kept looking at the Lord thinking, why isn't he telling him to shut up and to get out of here? And he said, I just kept looking at him thinking, surely he's going to do that. And he said, he goes, but he wouldn't do it. And he said, I couldn't hear it. He just kept talking. Jesus kept talking. Just talk, 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 talk. And finally, Brother Hagin said, I got so upset about it and aggravated, I said, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. And the devil just took, the evil spirit just went, left. And then it was just him and the Lord, and he said, and he asked the Lord, why didn't you do something about him? Why didn't you do something about him? He goes, well, I can't. I gave you all the authority. I've given you all the power. I've already done all that I'm going to do now. It's up to you what you do. Now, when you think that, Brother Hagin said, man, that set him free. He got revelation of it. Jesus came, paid the price in full, then gave you the keys to the kingdom so that you've got dominion in your life. You've got dominion over your relationship with God. You've got dominion over your being. It's up to you how far you go in God. We keep waiting, oh God. And you know, and thank God, God through his great mercy and love, he will let us have all kinds of services to where we're saying, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, we welcome you, we welcome you, we welcome you. And he's going, I'm glad you are, but I've always been here. I've always been here. I live in you. I live in you. I live in you. Oh, oh, okay. But because we are still living below our privileges. Now, did that make sense? Because we're living below the privileges of who we are as believers, we still many times think that we've got to work at things. To, to oh, God's going to sweep over my soul. All of our old church songs. Sweep over my spirit forever I pray. And, you know, I love all of those old songs. I was raised on them. I was Pentecostal. Still am Pentecostal. But some of the songs that we would sing put God off at a distance. 
It would cause, we would be up singing, welcome Holy Spirit. Is there anything really wrong singing that? No, we're welcoming him. But a lot of people not been taught, and they're thinking, well, where is he? Why, oh, we're going to have to sing 10 songs before he shows up. And that's unscriptural. Because Acts chapter 2 happened. The day of Pentecost happened. He came, and he sat on them, and they all began to speak in an unknown tongue as the Spirit gave them utterance. Guys, Holy Ghost came. You know, when I was raised in in my Pentecostal church, we thought we had to wait at the altar and tarry at the altar to be filled with the Spirit. And you just couldn't talk in tongues whenever you wanted it. You better have goosebumps, buddy. You better. (laughs) And that's how we thought. Or at least I did. That's how I understood it. It wasn't until I went to Bible college out at Ramah and got taught about praying in the Spirit and about how that I'm a spirit because God is a spirit. God is a spirit, John 4, 24. Then God made me like him in Genesis chapter 1. And as a spirit, I'm supposed to operate like he does. I'm a spirit being. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a spirit. We're supposed to operate just like him. And as spirit beings, guys, you've got a power supply on the inside of you. This world is everything that the devil does, everything he tries, it is underneath your feet. You've got dominion, authority, power. You've got his name. And he's said, hey, I've given you all of it. You've got it all. And not only that, I gave you my spirit. And my Pentecostal church, I thought I had to tarry and wait for the Holy Ghost. Thank God I was too young at the age of six to have understanding of what that, that message that would be taught quite a bit. They would say, you have to tarry and wait, just like they did in the, in the book of Acts. That was wrong teaching. Because the Holy Spirit is already here. We don't have to wait on him like that ever again. We don't have to tarry. We don't have to wait. He's here. Right now, you've got all of God you're going to have. What causes me to feel like I don't? It's called your noodle. It's called your brain. It's called a lack of renewing your mind in the word of what the word says is yours. John chapter 14, I'm sure I I spoke on that last time. John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, that talks about the spirit of truth the world doesn't see or know. Jesus was talking and he said, the spirit of truth, who is the Holy Ghost, the world doesn't see or know, but you know him. Jesus said, you know him. Well, who? Who's him? The Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. The comforter, the helper, the standby, the intercessor. He's saying, you know him. You know him. Guys, it is time for us in the church to rise up and live out of revelation. I know the spirit of God. And because I know him, I pray. And as I pray in the spirit, things happen when I pray. You might say, well, I just don't even feel like I've only got a few words in tongues. Well, after these meetings you're going to have a fluent prayer language. But guys, our prayer life is our relationship with him. It's our relationship. 
and praying in the Holy Ghost? I love Romans 8.26. When you don't know how to pray like you ought, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you does. And he will help you pray. It's still you praying, but the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you, the third person of the Godhead, he helps you pray. He takes hold with you. You're not alone. Guys, it's Friday night and we're in church. Come on. We have got to be hungry for this to come on a Friday night. To sit and listen to this message right now. There's a reason that you're here. You want to go deeper. You want to go further. You want to see. You want to know. You know, I, I want to, when, when Pastor Joe gets up and he begins to flow in the spirit, don't you want to know where he's going next? Don't you want to know? I bet I know what he's going to say now. I bet I know what he's going to demonstrate now. I bet I know where Pastor Sarah, I bet the next song, I bet she jumps into that. Because, see, you're learning the flow of the Spirit. You're learning the flow of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, you can't get bored in God. You cannot get bored in God. If you are, you're doing it out of your own mentality. Because you have downsized who he is and you've brought him down on a level that you have been living in your soul. And it's like, no, that's why you got to renew your mind, keep your mind stirred up. Because, guys, this is the hour for the church to understand consecration and a relationship with God like never before. To live a life of full-blown dedication and loyalty. I will not quit. I will not stop. I'm going all the way. Don't you know Abraham was that way? Abraham was a man of faith, and there was nothing that could stop him from fulfilling the will of God. Though the devil tried and all kinds of crazy would occur, he was like, nope, nope. God, you said I am the father. What did he say? Of many nations he didn't he didn't have a kid yet with with his wife but he was determined to live his life in God and he lived in the old covenant where here you're sitting living in the new covenant Jesus hadn't come yet Jesus has come now and you're living in the dispensation of grace. What do you mean? Where the blood of Jesus has covered all wrong, and now you can boldly stand before the throne and fellowship with God, love on him, spend time with him. Are you with me? And not only that, the Holy Ghost is in you. Just the other night, I was telling the church, I said, I said, you know, I used to preach this message about the lady with the issue of blood. I always loved her story. But I remember I, I, remember I was in this one Pentecostal conference. This has been many years ago. And because um, I've been itinerating for probably 30 years now, and I'll never forget this. I was in this Pentecostal, I can't remember what they called it, it was 500 women in a meeting. And I couldn't wear all my makeup. 
I had to go real plain looking because they didn't think it was right to wear makeup. So I was scary looking uh, to me. And um, I couldn't wear pants, and so I had to wear a dress. And, but I didn't care. I wanted to go minister to them and love on them. And I'll never forget, I was preaching on healing, teaching on healing, and uh, man, I was going for it. And I started telling them, I said, you know what? If the lady with the issue of blood would walk down from the banisters of heaven tonight, you know she would be upset with every single one of us in this house. And they just looked at me. I said, because we preach so much about her and what she did, how she lived, and how she said, if I touch the hem of his garment, she spoke out of her mouth, if I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. And then she heard about Jesus, she spoke about him, and then she acted and she went after her healing and she got healed. If the lady with the issue of blood could walk down from the banisters of heaven and she could preach to us in the church today, she would go, what are you doing? You have it far better than I ever did. I did not live under the place where Jesus had died and paid the price for my sin. I had to go after my healing, not living under grace, not living under this new covenant that you guys have. I didn't have the Holy Spirit living in me, so turn around and let me just give you a good kick. I think she was, I because ladies, come on. Women that stand up for themselves and just goes and takes hold and just does, does things in life, they usually got a little bit of fire in them, don't they? I think when we get to heaven, we're going to find out the lady with the issue of blood was spunky. I bet there's some spunky women up in this house right now. What do you think? I really believe that if she came down from the grandstand of heaven, she would be saying, what are you doing? Why aren't you living out of the fullness of God? Have you become religious in your thinking? You live in a better place than I ever could have. Jesus hadn't come and died for me yet. And the Holy Spirit had not come. But I still got my healing. Guys, we cannot live below our privileges in God. No. We have it far better than what they had. Whew. How many of you believe that? And he's given us his spirit, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead to live on the inside of us. And Jesus said, you know him. Well, I don't feel like I know him. I don't think I know him at all. Well, he, God didn't ask you if you knew him. He told you, you know him. John chapter 14, verse 17. So, I know my husband. When he walks into a room, when he gives me a call on the phone, I don't have to say, who are you? Maybe sometimes, but most of the time, no, I'm kidding. I know him. I know your pastor. I know Sarah. When I see her face, I know it's Sarah. I hadn't seen her in a while, but when I saw her, I was like, oh, Sarah. Why? Because I know her. When you know somebody, you know them. And Jesus said, the spirit of truth the world doesn't see or know, but you know him. Who's him? The Holy Spirit. You know the Holy Ghost. 
Guys, when are we as believers going to actually begin to believe the Bible and speak what the Bible says? Well, I, I, I can't lie. I don't feel like I know him. He didn't ask you about your feelings. Are you with me? You know how many times I've been called on in big meetings to get up and sing, get up and prophesy, get up and do whatever the Holy Ghost wants you to do. And I didn't know squat diddly what to do in my head, but I would stir myself up. Holy Ghost, I know you because I know you. I've got this. I'd walk up to the podium a billion, not a billion, but many times, and not know what direction or what I was supposed to do. I remember telling Philip, who was in the Rama, I traveled in the Rama Singers and Band, and I traveled with Brother Hagen. Um, when he would go to crusades, I would travel with him and sing in the group. And I remember the first time he called upon me to preach. I was freaking out on the inside. I never forget it. I'll never forget it. We were in California in a crusade. The place was packed. People had come from everywhere to hear Brother Hagen. And I had the group, we were up singing, and in between the songs, I stepped out because uh, they wanted me to exhort and, and get us set up for the next song. And I'm up there just speaking to the people and talking, and the anointing hit me. And when the anointing came on me, I started preaching a little bit. You guys okay with this? I started preaching. And on the inside, I thought, Leanne, you better hush because Dad Hagen is going to ask you to speak. No, no, I'm not going to do that. So I turned around to the drummer to, for him to click the song off. And he did his one, two, three, and then the song starts. And I step back, and I'm singing with the group and everything. And on the inside, I'm going, Father, I'm not preaching tonight. This is not, these people have come to hear Brother Hagen. No, I'm not preaching tonight. No. And then I thought, Leanne, shut up. You're, you're just, you're, you're reading wrong. You're just reading this wrong. And then Brother Hagen came up to the podium and after we sang, and the, the uh, way he had trained us was this. He, said, he would tell us, if I bow my head and say, let's pray, that means you guys can exit the platform because I know what I'm going to be doing. If I do not bow my head and pray when I come up to the podium, you guys stay steady because there could be something else I'm wanting you to do. Well, Brother Hagen came up to the podium and he's talking. And I'm standing over here, and on the inside, I'm going, Brother Hagen, bow your head. Brother Hagen, bow your head. Brother Hagen, bow your head. Oh, my goodness, I'm freaking out, God. Bow your head, Brother Hagen. And then all of a sudden, he turned around, and he looked at us in the group, and he said, he goes, guys, you want to know something? These kids up here, I was in my 30s, but he called me a kid. He goes, these kids up here are anointed. They're called. And he said, Leanne, come here. And I was like, oh, shoot, fire, my God. And I came and I stood right beside him. And Brother Higgin is right here in my face. Put his arm around my shoulders. And here he is. Never talked so close to Brother Higgin in all my life. And he said to me, he goes, Leanne, I want you to preach, pray, prophesy, do whatever the Spirit of God tells you to do because this is your service. He turned around and walked over there and sat down, and everyone sitting out there, guess what they did? They didn't clap. <laughs> you could actually feel them all go, because oh. they came to hear him, not me. 
because they didn't know me that well. They hadn't even, a lot of them never heard of me before. And so I'm like going, sweet God Almighty. So how would you like to have thousands of eyes looking at you, and now you've got to preach, and your spiritual father is right there looking over at you the whole time. And you're like, am I going to be scriptural? What am I going to preach on? Oh, God, what are we going to do? Well, I can't do that. The people are all looking at me. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. How are you all doing? God is good. Hallelujah. I don't know what I said the first five or ten minutes. I just talked yada dee dee doo doo I could have, who knows what I said. But on the inside, while I was just yakking away, on the inside, I was saying this. Holy Ghost, I know you because I know you. I've got this. If my spiritual father says that I've got this message for tonight, then I've got it. And I will not be moved. I am anointed. I know the Holy Ghost. And I will step over into this flow. You can't let anybody or anyone or anything intimidate you for who you are in God. Jesus said, you know the Holy Ghost. Amen? Jesus said, you know the spirit of truth. And you cannot be moved. When a doctor looks at you and says, well, you're dying with cancer, you've got two weeks, are you going to hook up to what he's saying? Your body might be having issues, but your spirit lives in that body. And your spirit needs that body to be healthy, to run your race, to do what he's called you to do. Are you with me? And so as a spirit being, you need to stand your ground. You can listen to what they say if you want to. And you could even say, well, I've heard what you have to say, but I'm glad I know a higher power than that. I'm healed, and I will not take hold of that, of what you've said, even though I know what you're saying is the facts that you're seeing. But I've got inside information that Jesus came, and he took, and he bore, and he carried every sickness, every disease, and I'm not taking it. Are you with me? Are we going to live out of heaven on the earth, or are we going to allow our soul, our mind, our flesh, our intellect, or anything that the devil is trying to rule us and to take us out of what the word says? Ha, ha, ha. For there is a church that is rising up in this hour, and that church is the church called the blood-bought church filled with his power. That power supply is for every believer to operate within, and it's up to you whether or not that you will live a life of victory and winning, winning, win. Will you step up and speak with authority and power and not allow how you feel, what your flesh thinks to rule you in this hour? Or will you stand up and say this is who I am and I will operate in him the great I am yeah. hallelujah well glory to God that's just what the spirit of God is saying right now it's called prophesying and 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 the spirit of God live for there is a boldness that is coming on my body and those that will boldly step out and speak from a place of authority will find direction enlightenment understanding shall be and they'll operate with such glory and power because they've operated in my boldness and their faith will cause them to see Hmm. Huh. Huh. For seeing, 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 seeing into the realm of the spirit is now. Seeing, 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 and running without cowardness, 
running, running, running from a place of seeing and knowing, operating in me. You'll find that your life <laughs> will come into full fruition of what I've called you to do, what I've called you to be. Huh. 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 You know, I heard the Spirit of God just say, but it's for those that will seek my face. It's for those that will come to me when nobody else even knows that you're seeking my face. For those that are humble of heart, that's not doing it so that flesh can be seen, or hear the last revelation that God gave you and you want to be seen in front of people of what you've seen. No, the Spirit of God is looking for those that will dare to get up in the middle of the night and get on your face and seek his face and pray, pray, fellowship, spend time with me. And not pray from just a place of, oh, I prayed in tongues 10 minutes and nothing's happened. But to the one that will say, Father, here I am. And I thank you that when I pray in tongues, I'm speaking unto God and not unto men. I'm speaking to you, and I'm doing it in faith. And I will so Lord And I will And I will but I'll speak in the spirit and I'll declare in the spirit what you desire to do, what you desire to speak, what you want to say. Now you might say, Leanne, why did you do that now? Are you going to interpret all that you just said? No. Because mm -mm. that was a demonstration of you sounding like you really knew what you were saying. But, but did you have full understanding? No. Did I have some? Yeah. But I don't care if I have to speak it out or not. But, you know, in English, so I understand every word. My spirit is communing. When are we going to believe? Man, guys, Paul said it in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. I pray, God, that your whole spirit, soul, body, three-part being, that's who you are. You can't separate who you are. You're three parts. But notice he didn't say body first. He didn't say soul first. Isn't that amazing? He said spirit. Well, are you kidding me? I think there was a reason why he said it like that. We should be more connected and have more understanding about being a spirit than you do the flesh that you live in. Because they were stoning Stephen. Remember the disciples? They were stoning Stephen. And Stephen prayed, and he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And when he said it, his body fell down to the ground, but his spirit went up to God who gave it. Hmm. There's that spirit again, your own human spirit. When your spirit leaves your body, you're a dead carcass. Are you with me? You are a spirit being. The Bible says in Genesis 1, you've been made like God. Well then, who's God? The creator of all living things. Okay, okay, yeah, we know all that. But really, who is he? 
Well, look over in the Word. John chapter 4, 24 says, God is a spirit. And then he said, let us make man in our image. Who's he talking about our? Father, Son, Holy Ghost, three. They operate together. Just like you, spirit, soul, body, all three of you operate together. Are you with me? And as a spirit being made in the image and the likeness of God, guys, you've got a power supply on the inside. You know, who was it? Job 32 verse 8 says, There is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty gives your spirit understanding. Well, I wonder why. Because he's a spirit and you're a spirit. See, the church as a whole, especially in the Word of Faith camp, we will teach, 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 teach. And for years, we got taught so much that it made our heads go boggle, 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 woggle, woggle. And there was little demonstration of the Spirit of God living inside. I know that because I lived through all of that. And I was raised Pentecost, so I'd be like, Father, why isn't something happening in this meeting? Why isn't something happening? And there would be things happening. The word would be taught and it would be imparted to the people. But too often what happened is the ministers got so comfortable at teaching, teaching, teaching that they never demonstrated. They didn't yield to whatever the Spirit of God was wanting to do because they had their ABCs, the one, two, threes, and their outline was mighty wonderful. And it's true, but you can't be afraid to flow with God. If you are truly in a relationship with God and he tells you to do something, you can step out in confidence. And then what causes you to operate in confidence when you're dealing with God? This is the confidence in 1 John 5 that I have in my God, that if I ask anything according to his word, he hears me. And if I know he hears me, I know I get what I've asked for. I didn't make that up. That's 1 John chapter 5. Are you with me? Guys, you got it good. You got it so good, but we've not been taught enough about how really good, good, good you've got it. And we will live out of our own mentality. And then some have been taught. But they only listen to the word and they don't take it home with them. How many of you, don't raise your hand, how many of you can tell me what was taught last Sunday. Don't say none. How many of you can tell me what was taught a month ago? I'd have to go back and look at my notes, to be honest. But you think about it. How many times have you left a message, uh, a church service, and somebody said, oh, you went to church? Yeah, it was so good. Oh, really? What, what, what happened? You could usually remember what songs were sung. You could remember a little bit about the message or a demonstration of maybe what Pastor Joe did. And then they'd say, yeah, but what scripture? I mean, what, 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 what are you going to meditate on for this week? Mm. Oh, um, I'm going to have to listen. I'm going to have to listen to the broadcast. 
I'm going to have to uh, stream that right into the house. Yes, I will. Now you've convicted me and made me realize I can be a little dumb. I'm now going to listen to the message again. Because what happens? We get too comfortable. We don't take notes sometimes. And so therefore, we don't even have our notes to go back to look at anymore. And then we're listening to it going, yay, raw, yay, raw. And your phone bings in your hand. And you look down, and it's somebody that doesn't go to church, and they text you. Or for me, it's because I'm in different time zones. And so I'll have family text me when I'm right in the middle of preaching or getting ready to preach. And, and it takes your, your mind off of where, and I mean, you are just getting ready to get a meaty word. Man, Pastor Joe, come on. And and then all of a sudden, your phone beeps. Uh, me and Pastor Jerry, oh, praise the Lord, oh God Almighty. We got YouTube, all right? We pay for it monthly. And, and it's under his phone. And, and it shows up on my phone. So anything he looks at on YouTube pops up on my phone. He's a wood maker man, so what do you think? There's all kinds of wood. There's cars, there's trucks. You know, I'm glad he's a holy man because all these things pop up and I don't care where I'm at. I don't care where I'm at. I can be up preaching. I've been up preaching before and looked down at my phone. And when I looked down at my phone, right now I got a notification and if I looked at it real close, I'm sure it's about a tundra, a truck or, or something, you know. <laughs> but how many of us we, oh, I've got my phone on silent, all right. But you know when it vibrates, oh. And then you just lost. Sometimes I want to go back to when I was a little girl. And we didn't have phone in the car. We didn't have phones in the church except the one that was in the church office. And no one could get you unless they were in church. Things will pull you out of what God is doing because the devil is not doing anything new under the sun. He's still doing everything he can to get your mind off of what's being spoken So, because he doesn't want you to grow. He doesn't want you to know your authority. He doesn't want you to see the demonstrations of the power and the glory of God. He doesn't want you to hear a word that causes your prayer life to increase and for you to go deeper. There's somebody right now sitting in here and you're sitting here and you've been going through a lot of things in your personal life and you're weary, you're very weary and you can go ahead and say it, very weary and well-doing, just miserable in some things. And the Spirit of God says, if you would quit, now I'm going to be straight. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I'm going to be straight. If you'll quit making yourself so miserable, dwelling on everything that is wrong in your life, and begin to speak what is good, you're going to pull yourself right up out of that pit, and you're going to get up on the other side. I hope this is okay. Um, you might say, but, but, but we're talking about prayer. We're talking about my relationship with the Lord, and you just now smacked me in the face. Um, how many of you know, sometimes... I needed to be disciplined. I remember the last time sitting on a pew by my mother when I was a little girl and I kept talking to my friends. Liam, be quiet. Okay. I'll never forget the last time in church she popped my little leg. It embarrassed me in front of my friends, and tears just came down, not because it hurt, I was embarrassed. And then I, then I started getting convicted, because I knew it was wrong, because she asked me not to, and I was being disobedient. Guys, I needed that, it taught me. 
I didn't do it again, please. I, would, I wasn't going to have that happen again. Keep your hands to yourself, Mama. Uh-uh. Nowadays, you can't even talk about disciplining your children in public. You know? Sweet God, I'm not going to go down that. <laughs> but guys, who God loves, he'll chasten, he'll talk to you, he'll tell you things. You don't need to do that. You need to do it this way. But too often we won't listen because we think, oh, that's just me, that's just me thinking that. And then you come to a service and you've got a big curly-haired woman telling you, by the Spirit of God, quit feeling sorry for yourself and start speaking what the Word says about you, and it will manifest in your life. God doesn't love somebody more than He loves you. He loves us all the same. Well, He just doesn't work for me that way. I pray in the Holy Ghost and I just pray, ooga, 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 ooga. And that's where you've got to go, no, 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 uh-uh, mm-mm. No, Father, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, you said that if I speak in an unknown tongue, I'm speaking unto you. So here I go. And I will walk in and I will Now, what was I doing? I'm praying in my prayer language. It is my spirit. You're listening to my spirit speak in tongues right then. And then as my spirit was speaking in tongues, some of you probably understood a little bit of it. I was talking about going further. I was talking about going deeper in God. It was just coming up out of my heart. Oh, if we would ever begin to believe that when we pray in tongues, we are speaking unto God, and I've got an unction, 1 John 2, 20, from the Holy Ghost, and I know all things. I don't know everything in my noodle, in my head, but the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of me, out of my belly, John 7, 38, out of my belly, burst burst out of my belly flows rivers of living water. The Passion Translation says something about it. Burst out of me. <laughs> my spirit out of my belly, my, my, the core of my being. I'm a spirit. I've been made like God. If I want my world to be different, you know, some people make big differences. You look, you look at different, you think of Billy, Billy Graham. You think of the different ministry gifts that God's placed and their ministries have touched the entire world. Well, what caused them to be so different? And I'm not that way at all. Well, they believed what they preached. There was an hour and a day they didn't know nothing. But they grabbed hold of the truth. And they took hold of it. Brother Hagen's on the deathbed at the age of 16 getting ready to die. He had called, he got revelation as he was reading the Bible. He was laying in bed, bedridden, could barely move a page of the Bible. It took him all day to turn the page. And there he is laying in the bed, and he came across Mark chapter 11. If you speak to the mountain, you can, whatever you pray when you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. He was like, what? Huh? What? 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 And then he started calling, had mama call different ministers to come because he wanted them to tell him about it. But he couldn't talk. He was about at the point of death. He couldn't talk and get it out. And they would think he's wanting, they wanted, he, people would come thinking we need to prepare him for death. 
And so the family come in. Who do you want to be your pallbearers? Well, I don't care who's going to be my pallbearers. Now his, his mama could understand what he was saying, but nobody else could really understand him. And, and she, well, what songs would you like sung at your funeral? And he said, I would lay there. I just want to know what Mark chapter 11, is that real? But nobody could get it. Nobody, you know, and he's just laying there. And then finally, he's just like, well, bless God. I, and he just started speaking it on a deathbed, on a deathbed. It doesn't matter how far off you are. It doesn't matter how bad off you are. It doesn't matter how, what a lack of money you've got or a lack of health that you've got, or a lack of friends or fellowship or a spouse. I knew I was supposed to be married because I wanted to be. It was that simple. I wanted it. Because the Bible said he'll give you the desires of your heart. And it was a desire of my heart for my husband to find me. Because the Bible says the man is to find his good thing. And bless God, he better find me. And I was praying with other ladies that were single and some were older than me. And we were praying for our husbands. Didn't know them in the natural yet. But there'd be times I'd say, man, I can smell his cologne. Did I really smell it? No. Uh, but I would say it anyway. I can smell his cologne. Because that was my faith talking. Oh, yeah, I'm married. Mm -hmm. Go home, watch a Hallmark movie, cry like a baby because I don't have it. And then have to speak. I thank you, Father, that my husband is finding me. Glory, 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 glory. I'm a married woman. And I prayed with these girls all the time. And we would just pray and speak and believe and declare it, declare it, declare it. And I'll never forget walking into that prayer room. And I could tell both of them were hey guys, you ready to pray? They didn't want to pray about it. They want to pray other things. It's like, okay, I can do that, but bless God, we married, come on. They never touched it again with me. You know they're still single today? I got married. I got my man, but how did it happen? How did it happen? I stayed in faith. In the natural, I had pastors, never forget the one in Georgia, that looked at me and he said to me, after I did a whole Holy Ghost meeting, it was the one, it was the Pentecostal, the one I just telling you with all those ladies had been at, and then on that following Sunday morning, I spoke in this young, in this man's uh, Pentecostal church, it was very small, and afterwards we went out to eat, and he looked at me and he said, you know, Leanne, you'll not ever get married. I just looked at him. He goes, you would intimidate any man. And on the inside, I thought, well, you just showed who you are, you weak man. <laughs> he showed who he was. He didn't know who he was in Christ. I intimidated him because I knew God more than he knew, and he couldn't handle it. And it's like, give me a break. When somebody knows something more than I do, you're going to see me sitting. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Because if you got it, it means I can have it. If you've got a relationship with God that, that is beyond where I'm at, 
then I'm hearing you because God wants me to hear what you've got to say, and it's going to cause me and Jesus to get closer. It's going to cause me to go deeper. It's going to cause me to have more revelation, and I'm going to go places in him. Are you with me, guys? God is not a respecter of people. He, he doesn't put somebody, a, if they, oh, man, they're it, they're it. That's the world. That's Hollywood. That's why I get sickened with people that idolize people so much. Ugh, can't stand it. I mean, I, I just can't stand it. If somebody acts like, oh, I can just touch the hem of their garment, oh, my God. I'm like, do you know what religion that person is? Just because he's cute or handsome or you've watched him in five billion movies, you just, oh, guess who I met today? Ah. I hope you met Jesus. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm not saying you can't get excited because you've met somebody that is famous in this life, but when it's more important to you than the creator of the universe because Every person on the earth that is not born again, whether they know it or not, their spirit is crying out to know their creator. Oh, yeah, they are. They can even look at you bold in the face and go, mm, no, I don't believe that. But there's something about them that makes, you, makes them want to. I have worked in the secular field when I was serving God and volunteering at Rama and doing stuff, working in a restaurant, and there would be, I would be up at the front and the host, I was over the host desk and everything and became the assistant manager and everything, and people would, all the workers would want to come around the host stand just to be with me, just to be with me. Well, who was I? Just me. But there was something about me that they wanted. The owner, he was a Jewish man, and he would come in, he'd, he would walk, he was real, and he would come up to the front, and, and he'd say, all of you get to your tables, get go, scatter, scatter. And he would stand by me, and then he would stick to me like glue. <laughs> and we'd stand and talk in between seating people, the owner of the business. And he would stand and he'd talk to me and talk to me and ask me questions and I would talk about God. He was Jewish. I said, you know we serve the same God. Leanne, oh yeah, I know Jehovah. He's alive. And I would just talk to him like that. Okay, and then he'd walk away and I would laugh hysterically because I would shake his world, because he didn't know what it was that made him want to be there by me. What you have causes the world to go, oh, what's different about you? I went in, at, in, in my life and had different doctor appointments and things, and I wouldn't walk in like others. I walked in with my shoulders back and my head up high. Hi, how are you doing? Well, you're here to do this and this and this. Okay, great. Okay. Now this is really going to hurt and this is what's going to happen and blah, 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 blah. But see, what they didn't know is that that morning when I was at my job there at Rama, the Spirit of God said, don't you worry. 
when you go in there, I'm with you, and you're not going to feel a thing. So I went in with confidence because I know my father. So I walked in, and I'm smiling, happy, and they're like, the doctor looked, she goes, Leanne, this is really going to hurt, really hurt. I've, I've had grown men cry the type of shot that was being given. But I was like, no, I know him. And he said, he's with me. And so I remember being there, and she gave me, there was going to be two shots. And I'm like, Jesus, Jesus. Now I, gr- I had my hands gripped like this. And I went, oh, Jesus, Jesus. And the nurse came around to me, and she said, honey, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm good. When is she going to do it? Well, she's already done one. I go, she did? She goes, didn't you feel it? Absolutely not. She goes, oh. and the doctor said, you didn't feel that? I said, no. And I go, thank you, Jesus. She goes, yeah, that's right. You better call on his name. I go, that's why I didn't feel it the first time. And I was like, Jesus. And then I thought, because found out she's a Baptist PK. Her daddy was a preacher. And so I thought, well, forget this. Praise God, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> I ain't care anymore. <laughs> Jesus. And the nurse came back around. Hun, are you okay? I go, yeah, I'm great. Did she do it yet? She goes, yeah, she's done them both. I go, ah, thank you, Jesus. And, and the doctor was like, you didn't feel that at all? I said, no, I didn't. I said, all I could feel was just like someone had just done that, just, just touched me. She goes, wow. Guys, We're not of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we're supposed to be living out of our relationship with God. We're supposed to be living as spirit beings made in the image and the likeness of God. This world shouldn't dictate to us who we are, what we are. We need to be living out of our relationship. Oh, he's real. I'm going to have to sing it. He's real, he's real, Jesus is real to me. How many of you know that one? Oh, I probably got too high. Yes, he gives me the victory. So many people doubt him, but I can live without him. And that is why I love him so, because he's so real to me. Well, let me tell you that he's real, real. Jesus is real to me. Oh, yes, he gives me the victory. So many people doubt him, but I can't live without him. And that is why I love him so, because he's so real to me. Well, is he real? (laughs) Our God is real. And he wants us to mature in him. Well, that just seems hard to do. Are you kidding? This is the most simple message ever. All you have to do is pray in tongues like you mean it. On purpose. Use your personality because we got some personality up in this church. Use that personality to the one that created you. He already knows you're a wild firecracker, so why not be that with him? That's the way he made you. 
Are you with me? He knows it. He knows it. And he knows. I've tried to pray like, that's not my personality. I can't do that. I want to be loud like that kid. I'm a loud person. And so I am not going to go. No, I'm going to be me. He made you. Please be you. And then you might say, but what if I am real? I'll let you get away with that. But when you're with your closest heart friends or family, how do you act? I used to be shy. And when I was with my family, I tell you what for, I'll knock your block off. Come on now. You get with people I don't know? Oh, yeah. As you can see, something's changed. But guys, you need to be who you are in God. Be real. When you're talking to somebody and you're sharing a story about something that happened and you're excited about it, don't you put yourself into it? You want me to tell you a story that has nothing to do with the Bible? Here we go. I was a youth pastor after I graduated from Ramah. I believe I'm telling you the Jordan Almond story, but here I go. I don't know if you remember the Jordan Almond story, but um, I'll never forget it. My girlfriend and I, we were getting ready to go out to camp meeting there at Ramah. I, we lived in um, Evansville, Indiana, two and a half hours with St. Louis, and St. Louis had a lot of wonderful malls, and we wanted to go shopping and buy new clothes because we're looking for our man and unscriptural. <laughs> and um, so we went shopping, and she was a single mom, and her son was with us. He was probably seven or eight at the time. And we went to the first mall, found everything that we wanted, but had all the stores hold everything that we'd found because there's too many other malls to go to, and we might find better deals or find something we like more. So as we were in this first mall, we were on the bottom floor, and there was this bald head, bald-headed man talking to these women. And these women were crazy to be standing there listening to all the vulgar stuff he was saying. He was talking so dirty, so foul, out loud, and these ladies were just ha, 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 ha. And her son Jordan was listening and could hear all this foul stuff. And at that time, I was still kind of quiet and shy. My girlfriend was not. And she was like, oh, oh my goodness. She put her hands over her son's ears and they kept walking. And she said, don't you listen. I can't believe you're talking like that in public. And I'm like, Connie, shh, let's go, shh, let's go. And, and, and she's like, well, it's ridiculous. And I'm like, shh. You know, I'm like, I'm a Rayma graduate and I'm 20 years old, all right? And I'm still going, shh, shh, you know, don't be, shh, let's get out of here. Don't make a scene. So we get out of there. We go to a bunch of other malls. A few hours later, we come back because we didn't find anything anywhere else. We came back to this mall, picked up everything that we had found. And then at that time, we parked up on the, on the second floor. And I go, Connie, before we walk out the door, let's just look over the banister and, and just see if there's any other store that we didn't, we didn't, or a store that we missed. She goes, all right. Have you ever ate Jordan almonds before? 
Jordan almonds is usually a piece of candy that you'll get at weddings in a little bitty bag. And um, it's candy coated, hard candy coated, no chocolate. It's just a candy hard shell. Um, you can almost break a tooth. If, if you better suck on it for a little bit. And it's just got nothing but an almond in it, no chocolate. So it's not soft, it's not chewy, till after you have crunched that thing up. And um, we're popping them in our mouth, her son's with us, and we're just, we're looking over the banister. I go, hey! And then all of a sudden I looked. I go, Connie, there is that bald-headed man down there, and he's talking to other ladies. She goes, oh my goodness! and she's looking at a Jordan almond. <laughs> Again, Rayma graduate, youth pastor. I'm two hours away from home. She's got the almond, and she's following. She goes, dare me. Just dare me. And I go, no, I won't dare you. I triple dog dare you. She goes, huh, okay. Okay. Now her son is laughing hysterically. I mean, we're such a good example. And, <laughs> and she's following that head. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, here we go. And all three of us are watching. And all of a sudden, it hit the man right in the middle of the head. And he popped back and he looked and we jumped back. I was like, oh, oh my. You, you hit him in the head. And I looked back over and I watched him open his sport jacket to pull out a walkie-talkie and he starts talking and he's running. I go, Connie, you hit security in the head. She goes, oh my God, Leanne, let's get out of here. We had all of our bags. Guys, <laughs> she was a hairdresser. This is like in 1990, all right? That's when hair was even bigger than what I've got now. Aquanet was the hairspray to use. Our hair was so big. We had her son. She had his hand. I had the other hand. And we're running. And our hair is flying in the air. And we get out in the parking lot. And we're, we're ducking in between the cars. And we get to her car. And, and when I got in, I pushed the button. And I was laying down flat. I said, Connie. And then she pushed her button. Her son dove in the back seat. She pushed her button and fell. I go, you can't do that. You got to get us out of here. And she's like, how am I going to do that? They're going to get us. They're going to get us. I go, Connie, get us out of here. And she turned the car on. She got out of the parking lot as fast as she could. And we were down the highway. But, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. There's a tell what we, oh, dear God. I can already see it now. Rama alumni youth pastor, you know, and uh, whew, we just were screaming, and then we just started laughing, because it was hysterical, and then she looked over me, she goes, oh my God, Leanne, I go, what? We were supposed to get gas, I'm out of gas, I go, what? She goes, yeah, she goes, remember I said we've got to get gas after this mall, and we just passed all the gas station for 45 minutes, I go, give me your hand in the name of Jesus. We have got gas faith right now. Not bodily gas, car gas. And I said, can you believe that? 
I said, well, Bible says when, two, when believers believe together in the name of Jesus, he's in the midst, he's here. Father, we just thank you that you forgive us for our stupidity for everything that we've done, but we've got to get gas, and I thank you that we have enough gas to get to the gas station in the next town, which is a while away, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. It's done. Ha, ha, ha. I was Ray McGrath. Ha, 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 ha. We got it. We got it. We got it. She's like, okay, we got it. We got it. I said, it's, it's, we're going to be good. Man, that little car just pucka lucka pucka lucka pucka lucka pucka lucka pucka lucka got all the way to a gas station we got into the gas station when she opened the cap to that gas tank you know what it sounded like i mean it was loud and we both just busted out laughing because we were riding on holy ghost fumes we filled the car up then we went back on the road and stuff but guys you might what did that have to do with anything what if I stood up here and I told the story? I went shopping because I was going to camp meeting. When I went to camp meeting, I wanted to have new clothes because, you know, there's single guys there and I wanted to get married. And we went shopping, went to the first mall. And when we got to the first mall, there was a lot of stuff that we liked. We kept it all. But then there was a bald man and he was talking bad to the ladies. And it was just like, well, it was horrible. And it was just bad. And her son, Jordan, she was my friend was covering his ears and didn't want him to hear anything. And um, I just couldn't wait to get away. I just wanted her to shut up because it was embarrassing. And um, it just, it was crazy. Um, then we went shopping everywhere else. And then we came back to this mall because it had everything that we needed and everything that we wanted and so we were up on the second level and we looked over again and sure enough there was that man again we were eating Jordan almonds and she said just dare me to drop this Jordan almond on his head and um, I don't I don't just dare you I triple dog dare you just do that and um, she did it and then all of a sudden we realized it was security and we took off running and our hair was flying in the wind and we got out in the parking lot had to get in the car and we got in the car and I pushed the button she tried to and I said no we got to go then we realized we're out of gas what are we going to do then I said let's pray the prayer of agreement we prayed the prayer of agreement and we had enough gas and then we got to the gas station we took the cap off and when we took the cap off it just went and um, <laughs> we went home was that fun would you have even listened to it? But see, when I put my personality into it, I made you there. How many of you saw them all? How many of you saw the bald man? Nothing against bald heads. But, but yeah, we like your bald head, all right? But, but, but you saw that man. You saw his jacket. You saw the walkie-talkie. Why? Because I told the story in the way it happened, and I put my heart into it. I put myself into it so that you would get it. You won't hear that sound again unless you think of, well, remember the car Leanne was in that she had to believe God for faith? <laughs> that they had gas? Why will we tell stories to each other and put ourselves into it, but when we're by ourselves, we don't esteem him enough? to put everything that we are into our conversation with him. But I don't understand what I'm saying when I pray in tongues. Yeah, a lot of times you're talking and you don't understand what you're saying, but you just want to be heard. Not you. But are you listening? Are you hearing what I'm saying? You need to put your heart. Well, Ian, what are you saying? 
Oh, how great is your glory. How great you are, Father. For I hear the Spirit of God now. Spirit of prophecy is coming on me right now. We're living in the day that God is wanting to manifest himself within the church that it will cause sinners to run in, to run into the meetings. Because he desires for us as his body to take hold with him. That we're not mediocre believers. We're not lukewarm. But we believe what we preach. I believe in him. Hey, this is Pastor Joe. And before you go, I want to pray with you to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. This is your opportunity to be 100% sure that heaven will be your eternal home. It's very simple. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 10 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if you mean business with God, he means business with you. I want you to pray this very simple but powerful prayer and mean it with all your heart. Repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. I believe that you were crucified and God raised you from the dead. I believe that you are the Son of God. I repent of all my sin and I ask for your forgiveness. I give you my life. Do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the family of God. The Bible says all the angels in heaven are rejoicing because you just prayed that prayer. The next step is to find a good, strong, local church. If you live anywhere near Lancaster, Pennsylvania, we invite you to join us at Life in Christ every Sunday at 10 a.m. We have some of the best people on planet Earth. We love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day. listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast. Help us to continue to share the message of faith with those all over the world. Visit licchurch.com forward slash give to partner with us today.